Hello, everyone, and welcome back to BoJack Horse Pod, the BoJack Horseman story. Today, we will be talking about season four, episode one, See Mr. Peanut Butter Run. I'm your host, Kirsten McGinnis, joined as always by the lovely Lindsay Wilson. Lindsay, can you believe it? Season four. Season four. Unbelievable. Yeah, I just can't believe it. I don't know how we got here, but this is my favorite season, so I'm very excited. I'm really excited to watch this season as well. I feel like it's a lot of people's favorite season. I feel like we're going to have some bomb guests. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. Yeah, no, it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited to revisit some of these because I feel like I was just like, yep, season four, favorite season, but I haven't revisited some of these really good episodes in a long time. So I'm excited to do a deep dive into these really, really good ones. Yeah, I think it's going to be good, especially like I felt like I really knew the first four seasons very well. But what Mm -hmm. I've realized is that I know the first three seasons and I thought a lot (laughs) of season three was in season four. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of this, even though I've seen it at least twice, yeah. <laughs> I'm just not really like remembering it that well. So I'm excited to like again, we're gonna we're gonna beat the dead horse, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what we do. Yes, yes, exactly. No, especially and we said last time that when the season finale ended with that little clip of the young horse, I remember feeling like what? Like I thought this happened so much later. So I'm excited that we're like, we seem to be hitting things way earlier than we thought. And it's been four seasons of us being like, this happens now. But we never learn. It's the aliens fault. It's nothing <laughs> that we did. Come on. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And not to too much like peel back behind the curtain, but we just had like a bit of a lengthy pre-show chat. <laughs> and I feel like both of us relatively low energy life is hard but I feel like we really come into the podcast and we're like okay hi we're here yeah I I remember doing a Simpsons podcast where I was talking to Alex ahead of time and I was just like I don't want to do this at all and then he made fun of me after because it was the one where I came in and I was like hello welcome to the podcast hello welcome to the podcast yeah so definitely an artificiality thing going on but it's fine the way you said that reminds me one of my like closest friends in university she used to be like oh do hello do hello (laughs) like whenever we like would see each other (laughs) I don't know why we could bring that back we could put that in the vernacular (laughs) it's important to have a catchphrase I think yeah do hello doggy doggy what now (laughs) Lindsay Lindsay what now (laughs) Lindsay Lindsay what now I was also toying with I'm too rad to be a dad (laughs) well obviously you've got to go pop and log yes (laughs) so okay What did you think about this episode in particular? So I remember going into it feeling like, oh, this is that one with the ski race. This one's kind of stupid. But like, I think my expectations for it were low enough that I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Like, certainly this one kind of lifts out. It's all just Mr. Peanut Butter. We don't get anybody else, really. No Bojack at all in this episode. It doesn't advance the plot that much. Like, we know he's running for governor. We didn't really need this episode. But I actually had a lot of fun with this. There are a lot of very funny moments in this. Yeah, I really like this is one of those episodes of BoJack where it's like there's a logical conclusion, but we take like the most circuitous route to get there. (laughs) Like obviously, like they could have just started on the campaign trail with them being like, "Okay, Woodchuck, Kudchuck, Berkowitz has been recalled and now we're running like they could have just done that. But instead, they had to take this like very long and windy road to get there, which I think is significantly funnier. (laughs) And I also think we really needed this to be a very funny episode because season three ends on such a downer note. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. And I think it's just like a bit of fresh air. I'm sure people probably, I don't remember how I felt in the moment or if I had even discovered the show yet, but I feel like people were probably like, this is how we're coming back to BoJack and probably it influenced their expectations about what the season was going to be. But like, I think it's fun. I I enjoy this a lot more than I remembered. Yeah, it's really fun. It's it's good. So... I guess we could we could just dive in and start going beat by beat. I, I feel like it makes sense to just kind of go in order because it's mostly just one plot line. Yeah, sure. Like, and it's it's nice to get those little breaks, you know? Yes, <laughs> yes for sure. Let's do it. It's we, we, You got to unionize so you get your breaks. <laughs> uh, 
well earned after man i was looking we've been we have not missed a week since january and we are now in season four it's really yeah we, we earned this nice yeah. late episode we're professionals like we said we're not gonna miss a week releasing an episode okay so the start of this episode is kind of Mr. Peanut Butter's origin story for how he became a star. So we're on the set of what will eventually become Mr. Peanut Butter's house. <laughs> and the like executives are kind of talking about like, oh, let's do the horse show, but without the horse. <laughs> yeah, they're just calling it Untitled Horse and Around Knockoff, like very shameless about this. It's Because it's the same show. But they have Vincent Donofrio? D'Onofrio, I think, but I don't know who this is. As if I would know anybody's name. One of his top credits is that he was in Full Metal Jacket, which, as we've discussed, is my mother's least favorite movie. That's right, yes. Oh, she was. he was in Ratchet. Sure. Oh, I watched that last summer. Oh, he was the governor. Okay, I actually know who he is. <laughs> Men in Black. <laughs> Men in Black's too spooky for me. Oh, yeah, fair. I have, I have, I'm pretty sure I've seen Men in Black. What do you think of Ratchet? I didn't watch it, but I was. Interested. It was very bad. It was a oh. horrible show. Guess I'm not sad that I. Didn't I watch it really then. didn't like it. I don't really understand what the point was. I don't like watching people get lobotomies. Something yeah. I've learned about myself, even though they don't. I don't think they really show it in graphic detail. I wouldn't know. I looked away every time a freaking chisel came out and a hammer. Yeah. But they also have one of the most troubling things I've ever seen in my life happens in Ratchet and. It's where they're doing, like, the bathtub therapy. Right. Where they, like, put them in, like, a cold bath and then a hot bath. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, chained into the tub and the bath, like, gets hotter and hotter and hotter. Mm, and like then that. at one point, it, like, malfunctions and, like, boils a person alive. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that was, like, one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay. Well, so, I'm very glad I didn't watch this. This is very upsetting even just hearing it. Yeah. It was, like, I, I really didn't know the point of it like they're just making like nurse ratchet like they're trying to explain why she is the way she is mm-hmm. as like a prequel yeah one of these like origin stories that simply didn't need to happen yeah and it's i like i have a really hard time with origin stories of like villains because mm-hmm. i don't i don't need to be like oh wow so she's evil because she's a lesbian which is basically <laughs> like what they like that's not like that's simplifying it a bit but they really are like oh yeah she has this like internal struggle because she's like like a closeted lesbian right oh there's also a scene where she goes on a date with a lady actually cynthia nixon is her love interest Mm -hmm. and cynthia nixon like feeds her an oyster which is like the one of the most disgusting things in the world to me (laughs) yeah i can't imagine you being even slightly okay with oysters like First of all, even if I was not a lifelong vegetarian, it looks gloopy to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It looks very gloopy. They are rather, you're, yes. You're tipping that meat into your mouth from its own corpse. <laughs> like, that's messed up. From inside its house. <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, uh, I know you lived here your whole life. We're going to put your dead body in and then we're going to tip you out into our mouth like a shot. <laughs> Man, no, I like fully know who this guy is. Though he's also he was on um, Law and Order Criminal Intent. Oh yeah, I remember well. that show a little bit. Criminal Intent was my favorite Law and Order, actually. Wow. Um, I know that people love SVU. I know yeah, they I expected do. you to be an SVU guy. But SVU is like very troubling because it's just literally like rape 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 all the time rape whereas criminal intent is kind of like criminal minds where they're like but why do people do it and i've that's like the aspect of crime that's interesting to me is like why people do horrible things Mm -hmm. not like shock value but yeah yeah, okay i fully know this guy he's the main guy in law and order criminal intent and he was in ratchet like i know this guy (laughs) And now that you know who this is, does it make sense that he comes off as super creepy as a dad? Um, I think that they took some liberties. But <laughs> you don't say. This is one of the situations where the actor is voiced by themselves. Mm-hmm. So I do think that in general, when they do that, they always make the character like larger than life, as evidenced with esteemed character actress Margot Martindale. <laughs> so she's real life friends with Bojack. She's real life friends with Bojack. Oh, God. But yeah, oh my God, look at me. 
Look at you. I feel like this is one of the ones where I'm like, oh my God, I, like I just didn't know his name, but I like fully know him and I've seen him in like tons of episodes of stuff. <laughs> and I feel like this is the one where Sam and Maddie are going to be like, we don't care. We don't yeah. care you know who this is. <laughs> yeah, we don't care. Move on. Everyone knows who this is. <laughs> or they're going to be like, yeah, no one cares. Like no yeah. no one, like no one, they're going to be no one knows who this is because he doesn't <laughs> have a podcast on Earwolf. <laughs> Incredible. Oh man. But look at me go. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> it's a good episode a, for me so far. So far, so good, yeah. But yeah, so he's doing a bad job because mm-hmm. he can't take care of himself. How can he take care of two girls? <laughs> I'm a single breakdancing instructor who can barely take care of himself. Nothing like moonwalks out of there. Yeah. I'm too rad to be a dad. Oh, Lord. And so... <laughs> Then we kind of get, there's like two things happening at once where Mr. Peanut Butter like stumbles into the room, even though the red light's on, he's not supposed to come in. Yeah, it's um, like I stopped and came right in. <laughs> yeah, he loves sitcoms. Oh my God, are you filming a sitcom? And he's like being very Mr. Peanut Butter, Golden Retriever, you know how it is. Meanwhile, Vincent is talking to the director about how this, basically the show is horrible and he can't do it and like what they want doesn't exist. Yeah, and Mr. Peanut Butter is right there doing exactly that. And I, I did like the line, too, where he's like, it's fine, Katrina. If I didn't wander into doors all the time, I never would have ended up piloting the very plane that brought me to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Peanut Butter has a habit of just walking into rooms, it turns yes. out. Yeah, um, but the audience loves this guy. Love him so much. The audience loves him. He's, like, doing all of these, like, antics. While he is doing the antics on the screen, Vincent is standing in front of the screens, like, basically doing a monologue about how the char- the person they want on this show doesn't exist. Did you did you happen to write it down, Lindsay? Oh, my God. No, I just wrote, no such man exists. Yeah, that's, I wrote, no such man exists. Maybe Lindsay will write down the whole thing. <laughs> no, I didn't. I also wrote but- down blank slate. <laughs> yes, they were looking for a blank slate that they could, like, place all of their like expectations on or something something like that it was it was good I just was like I don't have time to write this down like (laughs) sorry yeah I was like Lindsay might but I certainly don't (laughs) (laughs) but so then we get this the part so one of my favorite things Mr. Peanut Butter says while he's talking to the live studio audience is this is where the sit really hits the gong yes I wrote that down too and so he then he's going on talking about how like one of his favorite sitcom tropes is when someone is like doing something and uh, there's something clearly important happening behind them but they're oblivious to it and the director's like trying to get his attention fitting specifically into what Mr. Peanut Butter is talking about but he does not pick up on it for quite some time yeah he's like right up until the point where like it would make no sense for it to go on even one second longer he turns around and says what do you want i want your face on billboards and does he call him a nonsensical clown prince i think something like that yeah and he's like you've got it and then that's where we get our doggy doggy what now well yeah because mr peanut goes me a star but I have no experience, no formal training. Like, yeah. you don't need any of those things. You have it. Yes. And boy, does he. The audience loves him. He's going to be a star. I feel like this is me starting to podcast. Me, a podcaster. <laughs> but I have no experience, no formal training. <laughs> me, get a job? Were they serious? That's a Simpsons reference for anyone who watches that show. Well, you know I'm not the one. Uh, it's a great moment, though. I'm sure I've seen at least a couple of the top eight best episodes of The Simpsons. Maybe. Well, because Maddie was going through with some of them after the show last time, and a few of them st- rang, a bell rang. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad. Okay, so now we get, like, a, a large for, like formatting piece for this episode is Diane leaving BoJack voicemails, like, where are you, and, like, filling him in on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's like, I haven't heard from you in three months, and now it's, I guess they're back to 2016, and she's describing all of the Governor race stuff going on in her house. Yeah, so the house is like campaign central, but it's not really a campaign because it's actually not like a year for a, is it like gubernatorial? Mm-hmm. What's it? Yeah. I was like, what's that called? <laughs> gubernatorial. Yeah, gubernatorial. Matthew Gray gubernatorial. <laughs> go home gubernatorial 
much more relevant pun. <laughs> oh no, it's early. <laughs> it is early. I and I yeah, I like just woke up. I don't have the excuse of having been awake for a couple of hours. <laughs> it's fine. So they need to get the current governor recalled before they can actually have an election, which is a. I, didn't they just do an election if they're going to recall the governor in California like literally yeah. this week? It's <laughs> very topical. Very timely. Did they get it? He was not recalled. Good. Yeah, by like but, a substantial margin. Well, that's great news. We don't want the Republicans to control anything. Very timely in our own lives as well. Like yes. Election Elections, results. baby. By the time people are listening to this, we will actually have known the results for like a week, but... Oh my God, that's right. We'll have known already that Justin Trudeau won a minority government with the conservatives (laughs) and NDP coming together to form the official opposition. Yeah, right. (laughs) We can fix that in post if anything changes. (laughs) Yeah, if if that's not what happens, well, depending on what does happen, we'll we'll see what my opinion is. (laughs) Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. But yeah, you'll look like a prophecy, like you're having a prophecy or something. It's not a prophecy. It's simply a degree in political science. <laughs> yes. I love Todd during this scene where he's like making phone calls to people trying to get support for Mr. Peanut Butter. And he goes, a monocle? No, I think you're thinking of Mr. Peanut. <laughs> I, d- I did not even clock that. That's hilarious. That's very good. So the... The governor that they're trying to get recalled is Woodchuck Kudchuck Berkowitz, mm-hmm. who's voiced by Andre Brower. Yeah. Captain who, Holt. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Ray Holt. In another universe would be the main character that we were talking about on this podcast because we yes. almost started a Brooklyn Nine-Nine rewatch. <laughs> oh, thank God we didn't. Thank God. I mean, literally, it would have been fine because we just would have been like, Wow. I hate the police. <laughs> We'd have been like, wow, let's go start a BoJack podcast. Like, hey, you know what? Maybe we don't need a podcast after all. Mm-hmm. Yes. What, what else has, has our good friend done? I mean, that's the big one that I know him from. I'm sure he's done a lot of other stuff, and it's going to be embarrassing that I don't know. Well, obviously, he played himself in a crossover episode with New Girl. Duh. Yes, true. Yes. He was on Law & Order SVU for like four years. Oh, wow. It's a big uh, Law & Order episode of Bojack. True. <laughs> he was on House also for a couple of years. Right. Yes, Noah had sent us an email that had said, like, please tell me you know him from more than just Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which let us live. You know what this podcast is. Yeah, anyways, we know him from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and isn't that enough? But I also know him from House. Yes. I, I don't think I had remembered that, but... Like, I don't remember it, but I know I saw it, so I'm taking it. I'm yeah. I'm owning it. I knew his voice instantly. Mm-hmm. What more could you want? So now the voices we've recognized instantly are Nicole Byer and Andre Brower. You know what? I'm happy with my life, if yeah, that's, that's the way good. it is, you know? Yeah. Yes, good for you. <laughs> Wait, he was in The Mist? Apparently. The Mist is, like, the scary movie that scared me the most. Really? Yeah, Why? have you ever seen it? No, God, I never watch scary movies. Okay, so it's it's another one of those ones that's based off of a Stephen King novel. And so the concept of The Mist is they're like, I think they're in Maine maybe. I don't know. They're somewhere coastal. And there's basically like one day, like all of this like mist rolls into town. But in the mist are these like creepy monsters that are like kind of spider-esque that are just like killing everything and like weaving webs everywhere look at me it is in maine oh my god (laughs) i'm a maine expert sorry colin stone we don't need you anymore (laughs) but basically (laughs) he hasn't come on yet to defend himself so (laughs) but yeah so there's a storm and then the next morning the mist is there with all the creatures in it and so the main character is like this man and his son and they go to the grocery store to like get supplies and they end up basically trapped in the grocery store with a bunch of other people which is when they discover that there's like the scary monsters in the mist so they like have to stay in the store but Stephen King does something a lot of the time where it's like okay there's literally monsters outside but actually like Maybe the real monster is, like, human nature, right? (laughs) We are the real monsters all along. In the grocery store, there's this, like, religious, like, woman. Like, I don't know if she's a nun or, like, in a cult or whatever, but she, like, kind of creates, like, a cultish atmosphere 
in the grocery store, which results in her basically getting almost everyone in there to murder someone in the store. Yikes. And I, I guess I should have apologized for spoilers from The Mist <laughs> uh, from 2007. Big uh, Mist spoilers. But I think if anyone cares about The Mist, they will have watched it already. And this, so the scene where they're all like stabbing this guy over and over in the grocery store like lives in my head rent free. I will never forget about it. It like makes your blood crawl. Yikes. Don't like that. It's just ucky. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, so that was the mist corner. (laughs) He was in that as well. Huh. Good for him. Anyways, it's fine. So they need to get him recalled. And Diane is like, this is great because it's not really an election. So I can just like be supportive because we're obviously not going to be able to get him recalled. Like he's a popular governor who's like doing good work. Yeah, he's like doing a great job. People like him. There is no chance that he's going to get recalled. So Diane says like, this lets her be super supportive because she knows that there's no chance this can happen. So there's no reason for her not to be like, yeah, you would have done great or you'll be great at this. Exactly. Especially by comparison with Katrina, who I don't know if we mentioned that she's like the campaign manager and she's very intense. Yeah. And Diane's also like, it's actually great having my husband's ex-wife around because I seem so chill in comparison. Yeah. (laughs) It's a dream. So Mr. Peanut Butter goes to Princess Carolyn's management company to try and get more signatures for the recall. And she's like, are you sure you wouldn't just rather play a governor in a show or movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Katrina's like, he doesn't stand for anything yet. Like, we still have to get this recall done. And, and he's just saying vague things about like, I'm for the people right now in the future. Yeah, because Princess Carolyn obviously signs, but it's like, well, where, what are you, where do you stand on the issues? And then it's literally, he doesn't stand anywhere on issues right now. He's not running for office yet. Yeah. We get a funny moment where he tries to get Judah's signature and Judah's like, I never developed a signature. It's ostentatious. Yes. Like, but I can print my name legibly. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. What's your, what's your signature like? Is it like really neat? I could, I could see you just doing the full cursive. Full cursive. <laughs> is it yes it's like very tidy <laughs> very neat uh, <laughs> uh, what yeah. do you think my signature is like uh, i feel like you can like identify a k and an m in there and then i maybe. i think you're dead on did you ever did you ask for my autograph or something I <laughs> why why do you know you forget that i have a signed picture of you <laughs> Yeah, I actually send a headshot, a signed headshot to all of my (laughs) co-hosts. Best wishes, love, Kirsten. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We also get in here, Princess Carolyn is feeling sick. She's puking a lot and not feeling Mm -hmm. well. And but Judah still needs to remind her that FX has the American Dead Girl series. And the next season is going to be about Sarah Lynn. Yeah, and it, coincidentally, every time he says the word Bojack, she throws up. Bojack sounds like puking. Like, yes. oh, I just bo- I, I Bojacked pretty hard last night. <laughs> yeah, and she just like keeps throwing up at Judah. It's like, oh, is this one of these things that we talked about where you want privacy right now? It's like, well, duh. Come yes. on. Come on, Judah. I'm so glad Judah's back. I love him Me so much. Too. He's great. I was so sad for the period of time when he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Feels short, but it was, yeah. It was long. It's The thing is, is like Judah is not in that much, but every time he's there, it just is felt. Mm-hmm. Well utilized. They do, they do a great job with, with old Judah. Mm-hmm. We also get Todd and Emily back at the diner. And Todd's like, you know what I would do if I had $8 million? Emily's <laughs> like, give it to the waitress. Like, yes, I know exactly what you do. Give it to the waitress. He's like, no, I would build a drone with a seat on it. A drone throne. <laughs> and Emily's like, it's not a drone if you're inside it. And he's like, ooh, I think you're really hung up on labels. <laughs> yes. And this is where Emily says with her $8 million, she's going to start a new dating app for firefighters only and also redheads named Emily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Todd's and, like, oh, but like, why don't you just hang out with me? And she's like, mm, no, that's not going to work, Dad. Well, yeah, basically, Emily's like, uh, I love you, Todd, and I support you in your asexuality, but like sometimes labels are helpful and like I want a relationship that's different than the one that you could offer me and Todd is really uncomfortable like this is still really new that Todd even admitted out loud that he doesn't really know Mm -hmm. how he feels about his sexuality and so I get where Emily's coming from where like Todd can't offer her the type of relationship she's looking for Mm -hmm. 
But it's a little strange for her to just be like, well, but you're asexual. Yeah, like that's not like a term that he's, it seems like he's never even heard that before because he's like, why would you call me that? Like he doesn't really own that and like doesn't really consider it to fit himself. So it is a bit weird that she's applying it for him, but. Yeah, it's it, and it's like, again, I can see where she's coming from. Totally. And yeah. she has a totally valid point that Todd can't give her what she needs. Yeah. But it's not her place to be like, oh, Todd's asexual. Yeah. And Todd's like, I would label this conversation rough. <laughs> and it was. Yeah. I also really enjoyed when Emily's like, listen, Todd, you're great. And he goes, wow, what a way to end a sentence. <laughs> well, he didn't lie. Yeah. We also get Princess Carolyn on a date with Ralph and she apologizes for missing Paul Blart 3 till death do us Blart, mm-hmm. the premiere, because <laughs> she was at the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen any of the Paul Blart movies? I have not. I have not seen any of them either, but I do have a funny Paul Blart related story. Please. <laughs> so um, when I was in university, my boyfriend at the time lived in a house with like four dudes, very typical university stuff. And one of those roommates, this man loved the Paul Blart movies so much. He thought Paul Blart Mall Cop was so funny, like so, so funny. And one day we were like all drinking at the house and he started like basically telling us beat for beat about what the Paul Blart 2 preview was. And he started laughing so hard he cried just thinking (laughs) about the preview for the The second Paul Blart. And... You could, it literally got to the point where you could just like go up to him and be like, Hey, insert name here, Paul Blart. And he would like <laughs> die laughing. Like, I literally once turned to him and was like, Paul Blart, mall cop. And he started laughing so hard he cried just thinking about the movie because he loved it so much. <laughs> Imagine loving something so much. <laughs> Imagine loving anything that much, let anything. alone that one thing being Paul Blart, mall cop. <laughs> classic oh, that's amazing that's uh, kevin james right is Paul yeah. Blart? yeah classic yeah imagine liking anything kevin <laughs> james does that much so rob wants princess carolyn to move in and she is like super distracted and is like oh it's not really a good time right now yeah i liked his card for her where it's like i'm so smitten with my favorite little adult cat i also liked he sent her another one earlier in the episode that was like um yeah i always make a beeline for my favorite feline or something. yes exactly yeah. Yeah. Very cute. I and it just like ties in like we know that he has a grading card company, mm-hmm. but we've never really seen what the cards are like until now. Yeah, it's good. So yeah, I like I feel like they handle this okay. Like she says it's not a great time and he doesn't like make a big thing about it. He's just like, "Okay, like I understand." Yeah. I do think maybe more of a discussion should actually have been had, like not mm-hmm. of him like getting defensive or upset, but and I know like you don't owe anybody anything. But I just feel like a lot of the times, like if someone asks you to move in and you say no, it's like, well, is it because you like don't want to be with me or is it because you just don't want to live together yet? Yeah. Like, Like, where are we going? Like, I feel like that discussion should have happened. Yeah, for sure. And like, and it does feel like there's a bit of tension there where they're both like, yeah, we're still young. Ha ha. Like, there's a little bit of, I think, bitterness there or it's like a little bit, I don't know if bitterness is the right word, but it does feel like there's a bit of tension around that. Yes, and we do find out Blake Lively accidentally called Princess Carolyn mom the other day. Yes, <laughs> yes. We also blew past the point. I forgot to note that last time we talked, you had said you hoped that the cow waiter could retire because she now has eight million dollars and she is still working and just like wearing a lot of jewels. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe she didn't make the most fiscally responsible decisions <laughs> with her eight million dollars because yeah. she's literally like she's clearly wearing the royal like jewels. Yes, and she has like a crown and a cape and a scepter. <laughs> yeah, not good. Yep. Emily makes Todd a drone throne as like a peace offering. He's very Mm -hmm. excited about it and he goes off on his adventure. And so for the rest of the episode, Todd will be on his drone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's cute. Like Emily sends it and has it delivered to his house and just a little card that's like, enjoy. Like your friend always. Yeah. So that was cute. Yeah. Emily's very supportive. Emily's great. Like she's just a genuinely good person. Like, yes, she's interested in Todd, but she also is like, okay, well, like we, I guess we're just friends because we can't give each other what we need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like people should know that uh, (laughs) you and I refer to the like just the worst thing all the time. So Emily's really become like our avatar on the show. I don't know if I would say all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just me. (laughs) Like often. It's it's happened a couple of times. (laughs) 
just the worst just the worst i don't know if i would say all of the time but it is one of my favorite things emily ever said and we do use it sometimes but i just think this is like you like to use hyperbole like with like the amount of glasses of wine you have or like all kinds of stuff so i feel like i feel Mm -hmm. like it's a slight exaggeration and in the interest of journalistic integrity (laughs) uh, i feel like i do need to clarify it's happened a couple of times (laughs) Yes. Nothing but journalistic integrity on this show. Yeah, we're obviously real journalists. Yes. That's why people come to us to hear the news. That's why they pay us the big bucks. The nothing. (laughs) The we pay to host this podcast. Yeah. It's literally costs us money. I was listening to like early episodes of a different podcast recently and it was like, yeah, we started a Patreon to like cover our costs. And I was like... Is that a thing that you're you're allowed to just do? Can you do that? What? <laughs> Me have a Patreon, but I have no experience, no training. We have it. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's how other podcasts work. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine. Uh, but then I was like, ugh, if you start a Patreon, you have to like give perks. And I was like, what? We're going to have to like send out a postcard? <laughs> Here's the unedited audio. Ew. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we cut a lot out. Yeah, it depends on the week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. But okay, so they reach the deadline to get enough signatures for the recall, and they do not achieve it. So no. looks like Mr. Peanut Butter will not be running for governor. Yeah, they were, I don't know, 1,600 signatures short. And there's a pretty good line from Mr. Peanut Butter where he's like, I haven't been this nervous since Diane was vacuuming during a thunderstorm on the 4th of July and I had to take a bath and there was a stranger in our yard. I I laughed really hard in that. <laughs> so good. I do like, and, and Mr. Peanut Butter doesn't really understand, like, well, why didn't it work out? Yeah. And his ex-wife comes in just like absolutely brutal. She says, let me put this in terms that you could understand. All your life, people have been throwing you bones because I like you. But everyone has a ceiling to their likability. This is a bone that you can't have because they people just don't like you enough. Yeah, very harsh. But, you know, fair. Tough but fair, Katrina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Diane's very much like, oh, no. Like, she's trying to pretend that she's like, I'm so disappointed, but everyone, please get out of my house. She's like, oh, thank God the campaign's over. Yeah. Get me out of here. Yeah. And she's like, Mr. Peanut Butter is telling her that, like, even though he likes Woodchuck and thinks he's a good governor, he's like, I still thought that I would have been better than him. And Diane's like, well, because I now know that this is not going to happen, I can tell you that you would have been great. She's like, you care about people. You shouldn't give up on that. And he's like, perfect. I'll never give up. I want to be governor. Uh, And he goes out and he does like a press conference where he goes, I found myself in what seemed to be a no win situation, but it's really a win situation. (laughs) So good. He's like, you and only you are responsible for the thing I am about to do. Yeah. So he challenges Woodchuck Kudchuck to a race, a ski race down Devil's Mountain. The winner gets to be governor and the loser goes home. Yeah. No more petitions or ballot initiatives, just this one and done ski race. Yeah, this makes sense in a democracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Woodchuck um, in his office is just like, wait, what the hell is this? Like, do I have to respond to this? And they're like, no, it'll just go away. Yeah, it'll go away in a couple of days. But a month later, it is still going on. We <laughs> find we see Mr. Peanut Butter is on a Ryan Seacrest types like late night talk show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but why would Woodchuck not race you? Yeah, and they're starting to be more and more questions about why he won't at least respond to Mr. Peanut Butter. Like, shouldn't he at least say something? Yeah, not great. This plot line, not to jump ahead too much, but it I feel like watching it after Trump's four years in <laughs> office is a lot. It's a lot, yeah. It, uh, it's a lot, because he's not qualified yeah it's i thought of you thought you'd probably enjoy the moment from tom grumbo jumbo where he's like of course there are reasons why a gubernatorial election shouldn't be decided by a ski race but are there also reasons why it should and he says like for the sake of fairness we brought in two experts with opposite opinions and they'll just state them and have equal time to do so well yeah that's how the news works yeah that's what news is it is definitely giving air to everything any opinion that someone has should definitely see the light of day have equal time 
Yeah, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. And then the two experts, one of them looks like an actual expert and one is just like a person. Yeah. <laughs> like you can tell. It's like, oh, they really, they did their research. Mm-hmm. They Googled opinion I already have and then <laughs> backed up that opinion with more people who share it. Indeed. I also liked when Tom Jumbo Grumbo says, to ski or not to ski? Yeah, William Shakespeare said it, and it's more relevant today than ever before. I thought that was funny. We also get a little clip of Todd on the drone throne, and he steals a giant bag of kettle corn from a strange man. But in doing so, he loses his controller to the throne. Yes, it breaks on the ground. He's just like, oh, no. And then he's like floating away without any ability to come back down. Yeah, at least he has kettle corn. Yes. I do like, we get this scene of Woodchuck, Kudchuk Berkowitz is watching everything and he goes, this is unprecedented poppycock. This poppycock has no precedent. Yes, I love that so much. I also really loved his wife was there and she goes, do it for us, Wood Charles. I have that highlighted and I just wrote dead when she's like, Wood Charles. Oh my God, so funny. Oh, I laughed so hard. Yeah, incredible. Because now I'm thinking of him as would charles could charles (laughs) exactly hilarious i said it was funny like obviously the mrs woodchuck is like is allison brie but her voice is so similar to vincent adult man like it's (laughs) it was hard for me not to not to hear it as vincent do it for us (laughs) enough actually this is that's this is a really good time i should have brought it up earlier when we were talking about the vincent d'onofrio literally yesterday my sister and i were walking and she was like i just love the name vincent and i was like i can't think of that name without thinking of two children in a trench coat stacked (laughs) on top of each other exactly she was like oh i wish i'd named my cat lorenzo vincent instead but his name is actually lorenzo vincenzo so she did name him vincent she just forgot that his middle name (laughs) is vincent but you know in italian (laughs) but yes okay so he does make a statement about how he's not gonna race because it's unconstitutional and undemocratic and someone's like well but what if it was constitutional yeah and he's got like a flow chart behind him and it's just like showing all the different ways that someone can become governor and one of the options says ski race and it just leads to a box that says nope yeah and I, I like how he goes on they do a good job of explaining how to pass a constitutional amendment in the state and he goes you know if a state senator wanted to waste everyone's time proposing a constitutional amendment and it went to, and it passed the house and the senate with a two-thirds majority I suppose yes I would do a ski race yeah he's like fine I'll do it and so then Katrina's like oh hello and we get this like very well done schoolhouse rock parody called Katrina's Amendment. Katrina drafts the wildest bill I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, she puts like a million hidden riders in it so that people will get on board with it. Yeah, I can't there's like a rider <laughs> for babies access to vaping. Uh-huh. Um, there's a rider for a bridge to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> It seems funny that like none of these writers canceled each other out where people were like, well, now I won't sign it, but no, they're into it. Yeah. And so, again, this bridge would be very long. (laughs) Very expensive. The uh, the distance between California and Hawaii is 5,700 miles (laughs) for the Americans and 9,180 kilometers for the Canadians. It's a far distance. Yeah, that's very far. I don't think a bridge is actually a good idea. (laughs) Not not a super viable option here. Not a viable option. Like, literally, I feel like a tunnel under the ocean would be more viable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That'd be so scary, though, to be on that tunnel for so long. For so long. Oh, my God. Do a tunnel under the ocean that has a high-speed train. Oh, there you go. Wow, there's no transit route between California and Hawaii. That's weird. Who would have thought? (laughs) That's why you need a train. Honestly, yes. Meg train travel. Let's do it. (laughs) Woodchuck has this, like, really glorious look on his face when he's like, I am astounded that it has come to this because they managed to actually pass this amendment. Yeah, but he's going to do it. He's actually a champion skier. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's won many races in the past. Yeah, when he was skiing for Dartmouth. I mean, it's what he had to do. Does Dartmouth have like a really good skiing team? I don't know. I feel like they have good everything. But he's like, I'm shocked that this is relevant when selecting our state's governor. <laughs> well, so are we. Yeah. Dartmouth is seen as the pr- 
Oh, no, this is their own website. On their website, they say, we see the Dartmouth ski team as the preeminent leader in the sport of skiing. <laughs> we see them as. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, you are. Of course, you see them that way. Like, but are yeah, they? You, you would say that. American college skiing rankings. Dartmouth is number one. There you go. Okay. Well, good research. And from the NCAA, but not for alpine skiing. Oh, for what kind of skiing? I don't Cross know. Cross-country skiing? Because, like, for alpine skiing for ladies, the top ten have Sierra Nevada, Rocky Mountain, College of Idaho, Castleton, St. Olaf College, Brown University, Bobson, Babson, Bobson, I don't know, University of Wisconsin, University of Connecticut, and Penn State. And then for men... It's most of those same schools with a couple of differences. But Dartmouth is not on it. But then in the NCAA rankings, number one is Dartmouth. Hmm. There you so, go. I think that, you know what, there could be some shenanigans afoot. <laughs> I'm still impressed that they have a ski team and that it is like apparently decent. I think they just did a simple Google search and said, oh, yeah. the NCAA says Dartmouth is the best. Yes. Yeah. Fair. Or maybe someone who wrote on this episode like went to Dartmouth. Mm-hmm. I, I love the idea that Woodchuck is just like... As it happens, I'm an excellent skier. Like, after all of this nonsense, he's just like, I'm amazing at skiing. I just thought this was stupid. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I, I could have won this race at any time, but I actually just really care about democracy and yeah. the Constitution. <laughs> this is ridiculous. But this is where we find out that Mr. Peanut Butter actually doesn't know how to ski at all. This moment absolutely killed me. I died when he's just like, wow, it's times like these. I wish I knew how to ski. <laughs> and Katrina's like, you yeah, she's like, you don't know how to ski? And he goes, mm, never really got into it, no. I mean, why would anyone just believe Mr. Peanut Butter in this challenge? Like, yeah. they should have had him training to ski this whole time. Yeah, and she's like, well, then why would you do this? And he's like, well, I didn't think it would get this far. You have to admit, this is pretty out there. And you know what? He's not wrong. Yeah, yeah. It is pretty out there. Yeah. So Mr. Peanut Butter goes to ski school. Yeah, yeah. And while he's gone, well, first of all, he tries to put everything on the roof of his car and doesn't strap it down. So it all yeah. just gets left. <laughs> yes. Diane goes to Bojack's house, which I think she's probably been there many times. Yeah. It seems but like his house, house is, like, is just open. Yeah. It's just the door is still open. He It was open when he went to see it in the season three finale and it is still open now. And Diane is in her most, her last voicemail says, last time I saw you, you said you needed me in your life and now you disappeared. Like, how do you think that makes me feel? Yeah. Yeah. And she's like in her voicemail very much doing the opposite of what she is actually presenting to Mr. Peanut Butter, where she's like, I support you. This is great. And then she's talking to Bojack being like, this is so stupid. Like, this is not politics. This is ridiculous. Well, because it's not politics. Yeah. And she's talking about how like the new bridge to Hawaii costs the state billions of dollars. Like, it's all so great. Yeah. Well, and this is also the thing where... A lot of people, especially now, have gotten into the sense where they're like, oh, well, I trust this person because they're not a politician, because Mm -hmm. we can't trust politicians. So I would rather just have someone who has no education experience or qualifications to do a job because I trust them because they're not a politician. And I'm just like... What's and now it's extended into people being like, well, I don't trust doctors. I trust yeah. a random like radio host. Like, mm-hmm. there's a point of becoming an expert in a field and working in a field that is very important that I feel like we're losing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why society is losing this idea, but now everyone's just kind of like, well, I have Google, so I'm an expert. No, yeah. you're not. There's a lot of stuff you can become an expert in on the internet. You could learn lots of different types of coding. You can become an expert podcaster. You can create websites. There's a lot of stuff you can learn on the internet that you can become an expert in. You could like learn how to play an instrument from the internet, maybe. Lots of stuff. You're not going to become an expert in like immunology, in <laughs> science, in like a lot of the really important things that are happening right now you're not going to become an expert in those things just by being on the internet because most people do not have proper research methods they don't know what they're looking for they don't know how to analyze something once they found it and now we're just supposed to be like yeah anybody like can just be an expert in anything no you can't I can see the appeal of looking for alternative ways to learn versus the like the stereotypical kind of like college university pipeline that we've all been put through which I think a lot of us feel really betrayed by because it wasn't 
necessarily the right path. But that doesn't mean that you can just discount people who have spent decades actually being experts at stuff and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm an expert and I'm just sick of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like you said that very well. Like there's definitely been this backlash against like for some reason, people are just like deeply distrustful of anyone who's like, no, but I actually like studied this for many years. And they're like, yeah, but what do you know? And you're like that. That is what I know. But yeah, no, I, I have nothing to add to, to what you've said. It just is truly baffling and extremely frustrating. It's really annoying. And anyways, that's how I can tell you all that I'm an expert skier because skiing <laughs> is about speaking truth to power. Exactly. Yes. And as you have just done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is Mr. Peanut Butter Ski School experience is insane. It's incredible. He like walks into ski school and he's like, what collegiate shenanigans will befall me? And he meets Professor Thistlethorpe, the famously humorless yet somehow lovable ski instructor. And there will be no shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, certainly not. And like, in in fact, there is nothing but shenanigans as far as I can tell. (laughs) Who does the voice of him? He's not on the IMDb. Oh, Phil Lamar. Have you ever heard of a little movie called Pulp Fiction? Mm hmm. This guy. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> I have seen Pulp Fiction, but it doesn't look like I've seen anything else. He was also one of the original cast members on Mad TV, which I wasn't allowed to watch, but... That tracks, yeah. Important stuff. Four episodes of Veep. Oh, we love Veep. I'm ready for a Veep rewatch, I think. Yes. But I did also just start a Grey's Anatomy watch, so that's going to take up quite <laughs> a lot of my time. I'm, I'm on season two. Love yourself. I tweeted last night and I said, is binging Grey's Anatomy self-care or a cry for help? And the answers were mixed. And? More people <laughs> think it's a cry for help. Yeah, that's what it, probably what I would have voted for. But you know what? Sometimes you just want to watch Grey's Anatomy and cry, you know, and it's fine. <laughs> So he goes to the top of the mountain, tells Mr. Peanut Butter to break his skis in half. Mr. Peanut Butter didn't even bring skis because he left them on the roof of his car. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, you didn't tell me I needed those up here. And he's like, it's fine. In fact, here's this book of poetry. Go read this. Mr. Peanut Butter's like, ooh, I forgot. He's like, good. My assignment was a test. Skiing is about speaking truth to power. Yeah. And so, you know, not great. He, But Mr. Peanut Butter's like, but can I get some actual tips on on skiing but professor uh, thistlethorpe is getting very unwell because it's time for him to go into his cocoon yeah i loved this so much where he's like it just like it happens so fast where he's like you are my finest student i love you and then he coughs and he's like i'm sure it's nothing come by tomorrow for your diploma not come by tomorrow for your diploma but then when he comes by tomorrow for his diploma He's in his cocoon. It's it's coming down over his face. Mr. Peanut Butter asks for skiing advice. And he's like, the most important thing is to keep your knees bent. And he's like, who's Ben? <laughs> yeah, it's very good. He's a, a graduate of ski school. And yet he still does not know how to ski. Yeah, no, he um, doesn't know a single thing. Are you a skier? I am not good at skiing. I have skied in New Brunswick, which has like one hill, and it's the only place I've ever skied. And Cam's like a really good skier and is very excited about being out here so we can go skiing, but I'm very nervous about that because I think I will surely die. That's fine. He can go skiing alone and we can go to the spa. I was like, I'll just like hang out in the lodge. (laughs) That's right. I feel Um, like I'd be very good at the like après ski of it all, you know? I'm uh... great at après ski. (laughs) pre-ski après ski i'm great the skiing itself i'm too scared to ski in the mountains it's it's very scary i feel like my technique would be very similar to mr peanut butter of the awkwardly falling down technique i learned everything i needed to learn about skiing from south park it's french fries it's pizza do you know Uh, what that means when i say that i have no idea what it means so when you want to go you keep your skis straight like french fries (laughs) and then when you want to stop you tilt them in like a pizza slice right yes and definitely i heard the pizza slice thing of like when you're first learning how to ski do your like snowplow maneuver but but you have to be careful because you don't want to cross your skis because then you will fall and i have done that before as well oh yeah me too (laughs) really like so the place where i skied was famously very icy like a lot of the time and one of the times that I did that I just like scratched the hell out of my entire face it was very bad not your face oh yeah oh my god it was bad yeah that's the money maker yeah <laughs> but yeah so it's time for the ski race now Mr. Peanut Butter is truly just falling down the mountain not good not good and Woodchuck is just like 
doing amazing. I have a note that I really love the music during this while the race is going on. Like, there's a great soundtrack behind it. I didn't even notice. I'm so oblivious. It's very, like, video gamey, but very fun. I believe you. I just didn't clock it. Yeah. During this scene, we also get last scene of Princess Carolyn and Ralph, and she does want to move in together. She made him a card. She was heavy on the glitter, light on the glue. But the reason why she was distant before is because she was pregnant at the time, and she was going to tell him, but by the time it was time to tell him, there was nothing to tell because she lost the baby. Yeah, and Ralph's like, I'm sorry, I wish you'd told me because I have a card for this. It starts with life isn't fairage. And I was just like, oh my God, no. Yeah, that company should not be successful if those are the types of cards. Yeah, not good, not good. But Princess Carolyn, like it's pretty poignant here where she's like, I didn't want you to feel like you were stuck with me. Like I was finally going to have a family, but it's because you got like essentially tricked into it or something. Yeah, and he's like, well, that's why you don't get pregnant on purpose or, or on accident. Like, let's get pregnant on purpose. Yeah, and they're going to move in. So they're going to move in together and try to start a family. Yeah, big, uh, I guess I said it didn't really advance the plot, but it sure does for them. It really does. We A lot happened for them, but just not for everyone else too much. Yeah. We also get Todd on his drone. He's eaten all of the ke- the kettle corn. He like drops the bag. He like falls out of the sky, and he happens to fall on like two planks. So he's now skiing down Death Mountain as well. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't remember that this is how the race ended. I knew it had something to do with Todd, but I thought it resulted in Mr. Peanut Butter winning. I didn't remember that it resulted in Todd winning. Yeah, I had no recollection of this whatsoever. But he gets down first. Woodchuck goes down. He's like, perfect. This is over. I'm governor again. They're like, no, it was whoever was first out. <laughs> so they obviously didn't do a good job because like Todd didn't start the race. So it's yeah. not really fair that he gets to finish it. Exactly. He didn't start the race. He like flies for most of it. <laughs> yeah, but he got sworn in. He is the governor of California now. Yeah, yeah. And Todd's like, so help me, Todd. Then he says, ever since I became governor, I've thought, I don't want to be governor. So he resigns immediately. Yeah. And so then Woodchuck is like, oh, perfect. So I'm just governor again. They're like, whoa, we live in a democracy. <laughs> like when a governor resigns, there's a, like an emergency. There's a special election yeah. until which the seat will remain vacant. Yeah. They're like so scandalized by the idea that Woodchuck would just get to be governor. They're like, what? Like we live in a democracy, sir. There must be an election. Or, you know, a ski race. Yeah, or that. Yeah. And Mr. Peanut Butter's like, I too will be running. And did you clock the Thistlethorpe butterfly overhead? I did. I saw him fly by. So good. I like went back and paused it to just like confirm because there's this huge butterfly overhead. It's amazing. It was Thistlethorpe indeed. And so Mr. Peanut Butter goes up and he makes like a pretty wild speech, like just kind of slinging mud at Woodchuck mm-hmm. um, about how, oh, he wants us to sit lay down and roll over but yeah. I, no I don't want to like what do you say and I like someone in the crowd's like I'm tired <laughs> yeah and he's like oh this guy went to Dartmouth like I'll be running for the regular people like me who went to Northwestern some university college humor mm-hmm. yeah I know Northwestern is like a really good school yeah I want to see what the rankings are like Dartmouth versus Northwestern. Northwestern case. We're going into this article from August 30th, 2021. It's the top 100 universities in America, like in the USA. So we're going to look up Dartmouth. Dartmouth is number 32 out of 100. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Northwestern is 16, so it's a better school. Wow. I googled Dartmouth and a thing came up that says, what are Ivy League universities and why should I care? <laughs> What are they? Let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, I feel like it's going to say nothing. If you've watched most movies about American college life, it does mention Legally Blonde in this article, so. What? Like it's hard? Yeah, well, like it's hard, exactly. Prestigious and highly selective universities. I don't know if I care about study portal, master's portal.com, exactly. Lindsay. Yes. <laughs> I certainly don't. When they said, why should I care? The answer is you should not. So, Mr. Peanut Butter really works this crowd into a frenzy. Woodchuck is like, I would like some decorum, please. But instead, he gets stampeded by the crowd. Diane is clearly distraught, tries to call Bojack, but his mailbox is now full. I did really like how Bojack's voicemail was like, how do I shut this off? Like, he didn't he didn't say his name right, and then he fixes it, and he's like, how do I turn this off? Beep. <laughs> yeah, and Diane also drops a Diane, Diane, what now? I mean, it's fair. Yeah. So yeah. now we can all just use our own names. Like, I could be like, Kirsten, Kirsten, what now? <laughs> and you should. 
<laughs> Should I? No, you shouldn't. It sounded weird. <laughs> I think you might not be a good influence on me. I don't think you want what's best for me. I always want what's best for you exclusively. We got some questions. Hell yeah. Morgan said, how do you guys feel about Bojack not being in this episode at all? To be honest, I didn't even notice it on my first watch through, but I think I would have if it was a weekly show. This is one of my least favorite episodes, but I don't think that's why. It's a bit of a weird one. I think it's weird that Bojack's not in it, but I also like that we don't know where he's at yet. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. I think it's like we got such a cliffhanger last time of him just like staring at those wild horses. And I think it's interesting that you're like wow I wonder what happened to him and that they're gonna leave you hanging like this and like we said at the beginning I think this episode is certainly weird and feels like it could kind of lift out but I still think it's super fun yeah I like this episode a lot I wouldn't say that it's one of my least favorite episodes yeah Stefan said to the same point he said not my favorite episode but we need these goofy episodes to be able to emotionally tolerate the darker deeper episodes yeah 100 percent yeah and 100 percent and Noah said, tell Kirsten I appreciate her concern and I am in fact okay after the That's Too Much Man episode. I'm not convinced. <laughs> yeah. I am not convinced. <laughs> it's a very profound email. Yeah. It was, and I guess it shouldn't matter to me if a stranger's okay. <laughs> but I, can, I get concerned. <laughs> yes. No new reviews, though. Ugh, sad. I also, I feel like everyone has been, like, submitting their thoughts via the form and via email, so I, I didn't even tweet that we were doing this one, but this week, Jules put, sent us a picture of herself with a horse, saying evidence that I'm a true horse girl, and I did also have a, I just felt like we, I needed to, we need to take a moment of silence for your poor boyfriend who has to deal with you <laughs> singing Good Morning, Sarah still to this day. Good to see you, Sarah Lynn. It's been, like, a month. Uh... I just love it so much. I've stopped in recent days, but I only by sheer force of will. I like, well, you posted the YouTube video on the Twitter. <laughs> and so then I cut down the video for you so that you could just have the good morning, Sarah Lynn part. <laughs> just the part I require. Yeah. I just, you like it too much, I, I think. That's too much, man. <laughs> That's too much, man. Oh, no. Poor Sarah Lynn. Truly. I think it's important that we don't hide the fact that in response to the photo of Jules with a horse, you said, don't give that horse any heroin. <laughs> I don't think that that's actually exactly what I said. And I think that if if you need me to check, I said, don't let that horse do any heroin. I didn't think that it was a risk that Jules would give the horse heroin. I just thought maybe the horse might want to try heroin and she could say, you know, don't do heroin uh, liquor before <laughs> beer in the clear and don't do heroin I, yes. I just was trying to give good life advice i didn't think it needed to be exposed <laughs> oh god incredible anyways yeah jewel said too soon and it was too soon yeah for but, all of us oh uh, whatever it's it's been years <laughs> <laughs> we're not over it we're not okay we're not over it but yeah, if people want to be part of the conversation next time, you can send us an email, bojackhorsepod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at bojackhorsepod. You can fill in the feedback form, which is in our pinned tweet. We, like, we, we respond. And also, if you liked this episode of Bojack Horsepod or any other, you could leave us a five-star rating and review in the iTunes podcast place. <laughs> or any other place where you can but I, I, that's the one where it helps us in the charts yes exactly yeah what was the other one where people started they were leaving us stuff for a minute i don't know i don't know is spotify a thing google play yeah i don't know pod something oh um podcast addict podcast addict i miss podcast addict i liked it when i had an i liked when i had it when i had an android Mm-hmm. What? Oh. <laughs> I was looking at the wrong one and it was like referring to stuff in season six. I was like, does someone steal our feed? Excuse fine. me. <laughs> How does someone steal our feed? They didn't. It was, it's called Podcast Horseman. So I looked at the wrong one. That's not nearly as good as Bojack Horse Pod. I agree. Couldn't agree more. Podcast Horseman? Mm-hmm. Do they have more followers than us? Yeah, they do. Let's get in a rivalry with this podcast. <laughs> Let's beef with Podcast Horsemen. <laughs> podcast Horsemen. Oh, God. They're Pod. just about done. They just posted season six, episode nine. Okay. Well, there you go. So you've got way more weeks of us than you will have of them. They 
we're just better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they just, have way more followers than we do. Yeah, but like they've been around for a couple of years. So, yeah. Fair. Anyways, please follow us on Twitter at Bojack Horse Pod so that we can overtake Podcast Horseman, our nemesis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to tweet at them right now. I'm going to say, hey, at Podcast Horseman, want to fight? <laughs> oh, no. They're going to think you actually want to fight. We're nemeses. <laughs> Choosing violence. Bo- Bojack podcasts do not have to support Bojack podcasts, okay? <laughs> Anyways, follow follow Lindsay on the Simpsons Lena Now podcast. They've recorded a new episode, so that's very exciting. You can also follow me everywhere at Kirsten Said What, including twitch.tv slash Kirsten Said What, uh, I, where I'm, I'm back in the streaming biz, you know? Mm. It's, it's a big deal. Were you ever um, out of the streaming biz? I mean, I, I was like doing it less because i was so busy but now i'm trying to ramp it back up to the like three to four a week that we were at before uh, also i am covering riverdale on kowski cast with mary Gwikowski. that is cow with a k this week me and mary each recorded separate podcasts and then so that's gonna be interesting people <laughs> should check that out yeah interesting um, format it's it was a choice that we made and it was not a good episode for it. It was a pretty <laughs> jam-packed episode. <laughs> so, yes. We will be back next week to talk about Season 4, Episode 2 of BoJack Horseman, The Old Sugarman Place. Love this one. It's, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. So we will we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.